0: and welcome to the Guinness World Record-holding, Fondazi Fire! That's right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Fondazi Fire. And this is a show that asks a simple question, what do you want? Now, normally the answer would be more fire, but since this is a podcast, we're going to be giving you the ins and the outs of how a world record holding fire performance group operates. I am your host, Adam Soko, and I'm joined by my lovely and wonderful co-host, Katie. Hi. And our producer, Teresa, is also on the line. Hello. So today we're joined by a very special guest, Mark Lazarczyk. He's currently playing a character at a festival called Fitz. But Mark, I'm actually interested in the beginnings, your legacy. How in the world did you ever get started
1: working at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival? All right, uh, let me. right. I'll, I'll give you the short but detailed version. Love it. Thank Uh, you. I had never gone to the Renaissance Festival until 1992. Okay. And the reason I had never gone is my friends always went on a Saturday, and I worked on Saturdays. And uh, in 92, they went on Sunday. So I was able to go. So I went on the final day in 1992. Awesome. Came in, uh, we swung by bakery stage and saw the Flaming Idiots when they were on bakery stage the first year. I've never heard of them. Yeah, they're uh, they were a quality stage act. That we used to have those at Minnesota, quality stage acts. Oh, so come I, on. I, I saw them they they were at Crown for a long time. They got replaced by the Tortugas. Okay. Uh, or the Tortugas replaced them. But uh I saw sure. them on Bakery. So, anyways, we spend the day and playing around, goofing around. I remember uh, I was stay- we were watching the parade go by and we were over by Bear Stage and some guy ran up to someone who was wearing a Viking shirt and said, oh, Viking trying to get into the mood, you jerk, and walked away. And I thought, oh, my God, what did he just get away with? Like every thought mm-hmm. that rolls through my head, this guy just got away with it. And uh, what did we see? We, I mean, we, we saw a couple of shows during the day. I drink a lot of wine, and I don't drink very often, so.
0: I hear it's a very easy thing to do when you're out at festival.
1: That's what I've heard, too. At least that's the rumors. Yeah, we saw puke and snot on the Carded stage before the, uh, the big ship was built. And then at the end of the day, the drum jam was going on. And I get drugged into this drum jam. Uh, like when they form the circle. I'm holding hands with two people I have no idea who they are because my friend is just dragging me into all of this. Right. Uh, I end up dancing in a drum jam, which is something I've never done since or before that. <laughs> uh, then we head to the front gate, just like the front gate show now. Yep. Shakespeare reads his poem. He throws the roses. The king is screaming and everything like that. And I just, I lost my mind. I was like, This is the greatest thing I've ever been at. And of course, I went on the final Sunday. Sure. The best Sunday. Yeah. Anyways, 93 comes around. We try and get the same group to go out to fest. And for some reason, we couldn't connect everyone. And I just ended up going out with my girlfriend at the time. And and I didn't have that great of a time. And, uh, And I remember it was cold. And I went out there barefoot. Oh. Because they didn't. Yeah, they didn't really care too much then, but it was cold and it it had had rain, so there was mud everywhere. Oh man! And relatively quickly, my feet were freezing, uh, super uncomfortable. I just was not having a good time. Like like the memories of the previous year were almost demolished by this this experience.
0: Right. I mean that really brings to mind for me why we wear why we wear Catskills, because I wanted a boot that would be warm for, it'd be cool and hot weather, warm and cold weather. And I could jump into flames, which was like, I had destroyed every other pair of boot.
1: Yeah. Every, everybody asks, why do you spend 500 to a thousand dollars on a pair of boots? And it's like, because I need my feet to do everything. There, you know, there's nothing I can do out there. Because once the feet are dead? You're dead. Yeah, if your feet hurt, you're not doing anything out there. Exactly. So the winter of 93, 94, um, I was living in Minneapolis, and we got mailed a postcard to someone who used to live there from King of the Log, asking if, uh, if that person wanted to come back and volunteer again next year at the Renaissance Festival. Mm-hmm and i was like so i i called the number on this card and it was it was a guy named terry walters who used to run it and uh i called him up and 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 i was like hey this doesn't have my name on it but i mean could i do this and you know i'm so stupid i think that these guys have this long you know list of people that are dying to come out there and maybe i'll get put on this <laughs> list somewhere Oh, please choose me. Yeah, and I'm I'm given all the reasons why I can come out there and do it and everything. And I'm like, I got my own costume, and here's what it looks like. And I had bought shoes that previous year as we were leaving, because I was thinking ahead, thinking if I come back out, I need a pair of shoes. So I had bought a pair of those Jester shoes with the curly toes on them. So I was describing my whole outfit to them and everything. And he says, "Yeah." And I, uh, which weekend do you want to work? And I was like, "Well, can I work all the weekends?" And he was like, <laughs> uh, "Yeah." You know, he's just reeling in this chump on the other end of the line. <laughs> like, oh, this is great! I'll dedicate fifteen days for no pay to do this. Oh, this is so wonderful. So then he he tells me that we can camp on site as well because we used to sleep on the king of the log site on the hay. We'd set up tents oh, yeah. at night. So now I'm losing my mind. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be so great. So I go out and buy like a $30 dome tent and, uh, you know, like two blankets. And and that's about it. You know, I totally went out there unprepared. But I show up out there with like my bag. I get dropped off. And I realize this is summer camp because I don't know anybody there at all. (laughs) And I have to spend the night. (laughs) <laughs> I'm checking in, and I have activities to do, so, so I get there, and I walk up to the site, and uh, and they 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 greet me and everything like that, and uh, that's where I met Hawkins, and uh, mm. I was told to imitate Hawkins, and so that's how I got started. I started working at King of the Log for raising money for some school in Minneapolis I'd never even heard of.
0: You know that that's one of the things I love the most when you go over to like King of the Log or the fencing booth. I've talked a lot to the people that run those, and they're still doing charity work, as far as I know. And yeah. I love that about those game booths. Yeah,
1: that's what they do. They raise money for charity.
0: Yeah, and I don't think everyone knows that, but it's awesome. So when you were when you were at the King K O L King of the Log, um, did you have a specific character at that point, or did you not yet invent a character?
1: Okay. So here, here's the sweet part is I thought I'd be coming out there and I'd have a sword on my side when I could afford one. And yeah, and I'd be calling women, milady and oh yes, my Lord and all the other <laughs> yabba, de, yabba de yabba I was so convinced that I was going to be this suave buccaneer, whatever type guy. And that, that all disappeared within, I don't, I'd say after the first year, like the first year, I was just trying to figure out what the hell I'm supposed to do i had no idea right. what to do so i didn't have a name and as far as a character goes i just had a job my job was to get people to play this game so my character just developed out of uh i had to attract attention to the game and most people were just asking politely if people would come over or being sweet and kind right I would stand on a barrel or on top of the pole and I would question <laughs> men's masculinity to get them to come over and play the game.
0: Yep. Real them in.
1: Yep. And I was loud enough to where the Falcon guy, uh, John, who used to be over <laughs> at the Falconer stage, would come over and complain about me because they couldn't hear his show. Then you're doing it right. Yeah. That's, I used to have a better voice 30
0: years ago when i was doing you know i find that really fascinating because we did a legacy type podcast with fud and he also started out as a hawker and i think that's so great because you have you have to be loud you have to be coming up with interesting original ways to get people to come either sit in a show or play the game you know it's all it's all about just being spontaneous like it's the improv right
1: Yeah, well, they they used to start people off in what was called the Hawkers Academy or something like that. Okay. Because you're kind of forced to attract attention, think on your feet, and just keep going all day long. But one of the things you learn pretty fast is you can say the same thing over and over again as long as you gap it out within about two minutes because your audience changes every two minutes when you're standing still.
0: Right. And so when did you transition out of being a hawker and start creating characters
1: so i i hung out with hawkins a lot at king of the log because he was really good at getting people to play the game and uh they had told me to you know kind of kind of watch him because he was the best at it so i was paying attention to hawkins and we would do bits together on the street because it was hilarious that uh someone as grimy as me was hanging out with hawkins okay Cecilia just brought me nachos. Hello. So, hi, sweetie. Uh, hi, Cecilia. Katie and Adam say hi. Oh, I think gosh. Teresa would, too.
2: <laughs> I did. I waved. I forgot I can She talk. did.
1: She waved. <laughs> I was looking at the nachos, not you guys. Just wait till I start crunching on them while we're talking.
2: I already am just going to roll with it because I love you. Forgive you.
0: C- Teresa's cringing.
1: What the, so what was I? What, oh, okay. So Yeah, Hawkins named me Fitz. Uh, and it came from flirt in training, F I T, fit, and they just called me Fitz. <laughs> and yeah, I never named myself for anything, <laughs> but Fitz is. A, I mean, Fitz has evolved over the years and gotten different, but I've always been Fitz. And the Fitz the Toad came from an old. Uh, uh, I think the, oh, um, uh, what was Robert's? You mean the MRF friends? Yeah, the MRF friends page. Uh you could communicate with everyone via email on this thing. This is pre yeah. really serious internet and Facebook and everything. But when Gwen and I got married, I had signed the the announcement to everyone, uh Gwen the Beautiful or Gwen the Beautiful and then her character's name Morisca the Belly Dancer. And then I had to sign my name, it was Fitz the and I couldn't think of anything, so I just said toad. And so <laughs> and then people started calling me it after that.
2: Uh, Mark, I've been out there for 23 years. I don't know if you know that or not, but I distinctly remember you were one of my absolute favorite Bill Vilifiers. Oh, like, I would watch him. Anyway. I would go just to watch you. That's because I'm I know. <laughs> good
1: at it. And every and day totally it, was, it was
2: you and Butch that I, and George that I wanted to see. Yep. It was. Like, cause you guys, yeah,
1: are yeah, whoever I was, yeah, whoever I was partnered with, we went against Butch yep. and George mostly. <laughs> and but I,
2: I don't really remember you not ever playing.
1: I started Ville in '98. It was 1998 when I started Ville. and the way I started it was in 1998. Linda Sparling, her partner, who was a guy, kept his name's Kevin, and he played the minstrel cramp. He used to be her partner in Ville. He retired from festival. And I'm still sitting around talking, watching every show and everything like that. And Linda comes up, or I see Linda's not playing and everything. We're talking. So one night at the BLT, you're going to see a running story here of my youth and me being at the BLT. Yeah, I'm drunk as hell at the BLT. And Linda comes up to me and starts talking about Vail and she's like, why don't you do it with me? You write jokes for everybody. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'll do that. Not a problem, man. <laughs> Just like second weekend. So then the following Sunday, I show up to watch Vail or not the following Sunday, the day after, which is Sunday. I show up to watch Vail right. and Linda's like, are you ready to go? I told Tim we have a team. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Oh, gosh. And she's like, you said you would do it last night. I'm like, no, I have nothing. Like, I have done nothing. She's like, well, we're playing next week, so you better come up with some jokes. And I'm like, oh, God. So then, I, I now this is pre-internet, so you can't go steal jokes from the internet either. So I remember I went and bought, like, two joke books and two of the Yo Mama Snap books. And I flipped through these things looking for any jokes I could steal from there or just getting an idea from a joke. Because a lot of insults just come from ideas from jokes that you hear. I had no idea what any of the rules were. And so I, I, I think I put together like 40 or 50 that I had ready to go. And I was busy. I spent my week memorizing them instead of doing my job or whatever it was. Yep. and Linda's like finds me right away at king of the log and the more she's like you're ready to go and I'm like Jesus don't don't stress me out I'm already terrified because I I've done no stage in my life I've done no performing I've done nothing I, I mean I did something in high school where I had a bit part in a thing that went around to elementary schools you know it, it, I have no performing experience at all so I'm like quit stressing me out okay'm I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do this. I end up walking across King of the Log and and getting two glasses of wine because I couldn't stop shaking. I was so nervous about doing this. Oh, no. And then so we get up there, and they call us up in the first round, and I remember Tim didn't know my name because Linda had never told it. So I was called the player to be named later. (laughs) And I was called the player to be named later for, like, five years, (laughs) which I thought was hilarious. I thought it was a great running joke. That's awesome. Uh, But I get called up. We're in the first round. Now, you guys probably don't know this, but the first round is supposed to be clean. It's supposed to be, you know, no bad words, no going over the line. I didn't get the notes. (laughs) You know, so I get up in the first round and I am I'm letting loose some stuff that then you couldn't do in third round. And I'm just letting it flow. <laughs> I am saying horrid stuff. <laughs> and I remember seeing just gas everywhere. And people were like, what the hell is going on? And I got done and I was walking off stage and Wendy Merrill was in the net. She looks up and she goes, where did you come from? <laughs> and I get off stage and we go backstage. And I remember it was the after show meeting. And you split up the hat pass and everything. And Tim sits down and goes, okay, first off, you, come here. (laughs) You are never to do this one. You are never to do this one. And this one you can only do if you do it in the third round. (laughs) Yeah, and by the end of the season, I think we were in the third round, uh, Linda and I, doing third round material. And she was my partner until she retired. That's okay. Okay, so... Uh, typical day for me. Uh, okay, so you got cast call. And then once cast call's done, I go get more coffee. And then <laughs> yeah. I sit and I smoke a cigarette and I drink more coffee. Nine o'clock rolls around. I'm still in street clothes, still smoking and still drinking coffee. The reason for that is my contract states I don't start till 10. And there's a reason for that. It takes me two hours to wake up in the morning and I'm, Not going to rush my butt out there. So I just sit there and drink coffee. Neil runs by, calls me lazy, and he goes off and does an hour. (laughs) About 9.45, I go upstairs. I get dressed. I get ready. I stretch out before I go out usually. Uh, Then I head down the stairs, grab Neil, and we do our first loop of the day. And we spend about an hour and a half, and we do a loop of the entire festival. And we end at front gate because now it's parade time and everyone has left the front gate so we can climb up on the front gate and do whatever we want. We sit up there for about a half an hour and then it's noon and then we do another loop around the festival and then it's lunch. Come back up, do another loop around the festival uh usually we get bored after that one and ended up sitting and talking to each other and trying to come up with something and then at five o'clock it's time to get ready for the uh the uh, body beer show so then we go upstairs i have to wipe all the dirt off and change my costume and then we go down we do the body beer show till 6 30 o'clock and then i'm done so That seems I mean, it didn't take you
0: very long to say that, obviously, but for those listeners who aren't performers out out at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival, what what takes an hour and a
1: half to do one loop at at MRF for you guys? Is it
0: just is it just raining in Pluto or
1: (laughs) Well a lot of it is raining in like our entire bit is that he is constantly trying to screw around and do (sighs) stupid stuff. And my I job in life is to just stop him from being that golden retriever <laughs> puppy running around just trying to do everything. Cause I'm annoyed that all these people have shown up and jazzed him up now. So he's hard to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So what, what, what was your favorite thing
0: about festival when you first started compared to like what's your favorite thing now?
1: I liked the, um, This is going to seem kind of weird and corny and probably unbelievable coming from me. But it was the absolute disconnect from society for a weekend. Because this is pre-cell phone and pre-anything. Like if something happened in the real world, you didn't know about it until you got home Sunday night. And uh, like there was no radios out there at nighttime. There were no TVs. Uh, A lot of like when I was sleeping up on site at King of the Log, a lot of our light was um, was lantern light or uh, Coleman Mm. lanterns. There wasn't you you went rustic for a weekend every single weekend. Like when Princess Diana died, we didn't find out about it until the patrons showed up the next day and started telling everyone about it.
0: You know, honestly, I completely agree with you. I mean, I love the disconnect from modern society. I try to park my phone as much as possible so I can give 100 percent of my efforts towards the stage show because I feel like our patrons deserve that. Yeah, exactly. Our show's a little bit different because it's a little bit harder to have a bunch of kids running around a fire show. Yeah, we have to be a little bit more cautious and paranoid at times, because if not, We're fueling props. Fuel is all over the place. There's buckets that are open that have literally gallons of fuel.
2: And and we also have lit
0: props going on and off the stage. It's a very safe, controlled chaos that we have going on back there. And then all of a sudden, a six-year-old shows up and goes, I'm hungry. And you're like, (laughs) ah, (laughs) I'm working right now. You need to go find somebody else.
1: Yeah, we hired a nanny for our kids for years because it's hard for the – it's hard for – the children to understand i'm working right when it looks like i'm actually just playing and having fun yeah, yeah. you look like dad to me what <laughs> what's the problem here <laughs> exactly what's the problem let's go do yeah, that exactly
0: so i'm i love now that our kids are finally getting old enough uh our oldest son who was born during the festival season the only time that katie ever voluntarily took a weekend off sorry two weekends off <laughs> two was when she was having yeah she would I she know, took two clever, whole weekends right? off to have Shane because Shane was born on a Friday.
2: I guess on stage on at Friday. festival,
0: people don't know that. <laughs> Basically, no, it's that, a, it's a best cat pass they ever had in Fonda. <laughs> and she, I, I implored her, honey, please just take one weekend off. She's like, nope, I got to go back out. I was like, just one, one weekend. She was back on stage the weekend after. So she took the one off that she was in the hospital. One more off because I pretty much held her down and said, I'm going to go perform because I'm the announcer. And I think I need to be. I feel like I need to be there. And she came back the next weekend. I was like, oh, my gosh.
2: I was only on like two shows. It wasn't that
0: bad. Right. She did a partial show. And Shane was out, of course, because the baby came right out with her um, for all those uh right yep we we're festival there's a there's sterile clean and there's festival clean for those of us who have been at festival for festival for a while he's fine
1: what what i and he's what i tell people is my kids don't get that sick and you know why because every year for seven weeks we brought them out there (laughs) and their immune systems went through the roof so now they're immune like vincent exactly if if a if some sort of illness goes through our house Vincent will have it for approximately two hours while everyone else right. is down for three and four days. Vincent coughs, pukes, is done, and moves on. Yeah, I grew up on a farm and in the country.
2: Where, where what did you uh grow on the farm?
1: It's one of those farms with everything going on. So a little bit of little bit of dairy, a little bit of pork. A little bit of every. Yeah, nowadays everything gets specialized into something. I Salsa I think, grew up
2: on a pig farm.
0: Yep, Salsa was a pig farmer.
1: Salsa was a pig farmer? I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, his, yeah. his parents yeah. on a pig farm. He t- told the, He's told me way too much about pigs that I don't want to know. So, Mark, <sighs> what is your favorite thing about the festival now?
1: Is that a loaded question? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to think of anything besides the answer that's popping in my head.
2: Is it watching our show? It's watching yes, our show, there
1: it? it is. No. I
0: knew it. No. 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 Well, it's one of my favorite experiences when you and Pluto are in the back of the show, because I watch Pluto while I'm on stage and I just have the biggest grin and I'm smiling, I'm laughing. I'm.
2: It's true. It makes, me, it makes us all laugh, especially because he's the way he bounces to our music. Oh yeah, just, he's having a great happy. time. He's like a
0: little kid back That's there. That's
1: because someone in your group said that, uh, that when we showed up, it made you guys laugh. So we made a point it's, of yep. always trying to do stuff in the back to catch your attention. And then it became, <laughs> let's see if we can screw up their show from way back here. Because, again, yeah. we do things to make ourselves laugh a lot of times. My my favorite part of festival right now, without a doubt, is working with Neil. Like, they're hands down. It's so much my favorite part that Neil and I have both said that if either one of us quits...
0: The other one's going to as well. You know, this is actually a really great opportunity to sidestep a little bit because Neil works with you in real life as well. He's Billy the Soda Jerk at Blue Sun yeah. Soda Shop. Um the, How did that come about?
1: Oh, that's a, okay. So, when I when I started Blue Sun Soda Shop, uh, it was started. It was kind of started. I didn't think I didn't think it would work. Like I didn't think anybody would come into the shop or anything like that. And almost all of the soda showed up four or five days before opening. So I called Neil and said, hey, I'll I'll pay you money if you come in here and help me put bottles on a shelf. So Neil just came in, started helping me put all these bottles on the shelf. And then uh, uh, it was Wednesday. It was either Wednesday or Friday and we were opening on Saturday. And I looked at Neil and said, I didn't hire anybody. Because I, I I didn't, think anyone would come to this thing, but the Facebook event's gotten pretty big. Uh do you want to work on Saturday? And it was like, yeah, sure. So well th- he he asked me, he said, I've got this soda jerk uh uh costume and would you like me to wear it? And I'm like, oh yeah, totally man. So he shows up in the soda jerk costume. And my favorite bit about that was he went into full-on clown mode that day. And <clears throat> Neil, what people don't know about Neil is Neil is insanely OCD. And not like, not like oh, this person's funny because they don't like a tipped picture. Neil will stop and fix stuff that is out of order around him anywhere he goes. He is so OCD. So we just spent a week, putting bottles out and exactly 24 bottles fit on a shelf. We had a cardboard board that went in between them to make sure they were all a quarter inch apart from each other and now people are ransacking the shelves. And Neil is running around as Billy the Soda Jerk going, put it back! I just put all these out! What are you doing? (laughs) Yelling at customers everywhere. Turning bottles and everything (laughs) like that. So... At the end of that day, I just asked him if he wanted to work. And Neil and I uh, have been working there since.
0: That's awesome. You know, I love actually watching the progression of Blue Sun Soda Shop because you can see that progression of, honestly, that you just admitted you didn't really think it through all that well. To now, it it looks like a professional shop.
1: Yeah, I totally (laughs) did not think it was going to work. I uh, I didn't hire anybody because I figured I could just sit at my desk and get up and help people when they come in because one or two people, you know, a day will come into the store and that's it. So there was literally just me and right. Neil there for the first 72 days. And I worked all seven days a week for those first 72 days open to close. And then I wasn't getting any work done. Wow. And I was like, oh, I got to hire somebody because all I'm doing, like I I spent all my time trying to rig up the door so I could hear it open from my office because I couldn't tell if anyone <laughs> yeah. was coming in or not. Yeah. By the way, we're opening our second shop right now.
2: I know. By yeah. the house. Kind much, of closer closer much closer now. to
1: us now. It's in Richfield, right? Yeah. Yeah. Neil's going to be running that one. That's
0: awesome. Yes. Well, that that's going to be really interesting. So we can go see Neil whenever we want now. Nice. Don't even have to bother seeing Mark anymore. <laughs> I can't tell if I come to watch what used the, you know, the show formerly known as The Smoker. If I come to watch The Smoker just to watch Neil beat up on you or if I'm actually up there to perform if you need me.
2: No, like, it's just to watch Neil.
0: Most of the time, it's just to watch it's Neil. just to watch Tony You're just, you're just watch there.
2: Neil.
0: Yeah. And
1: I also like it. Oh, it's I know my job. My amazing. job. I know my job.
2: <laughs> so when did you take over the smoker? Because I used to belly dance in it, like, a couple of years when I started. And I don't remember you God. It.
1: I think it was 2004.
2: Okay. And before it used to be in a tent, but then they moved it to the club. Yep. Pub. Right. They
1: moved it to the pub, and I think it may have even been the year they moved it over to the uh, the 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 mead booth over there. Might be the year that I took it over because I took it over mid season, like in the middle of the season, I took it over. That's rough. Yeah, I I've been running it for forever. They tried to replace me twice, <laughs> and and the first time I was really pissed off about it. Because I was like, I've more than doubled the attendance to this show. And I remember Butch telling me, it's not your show. He was like, it belongs to festival. If they want to replace it, they get to replace you. That's just how it works. You don't get to be upset about it. Yeah. And I was like, you know, that's the sad truth. They can do whatever they want with this show. I'm being hired to do it, you know, year by year. So I don't get to lose my shit. So I just kind of was like, okay. That's it is what it is, but they they never did replace me. I think mostly because they just couldn't find anybody willing to do it. Well, that's because
2: you do a good job. You do it. such nobody a good job, to...
1: nobody wants to step into those shoes. Yeah, no. I that's kind of what I hope for is that you know it's the Jim Cunningham effect. Jim left the Feast of Fantasy <laughs> for two years, and the guys that replaced him were were practically booed off of the stage every show because they weren't Jim. It's true.
0: I I. I totally get that. I love Jim. He always says that I'm his favorite Fondazzi. No, so.
2: I'm his
1: favorite. No, Jim I'm his favorite. Jim is i I've actually filled in for Laszlo during the feast with Jim, or with Jim a couple of times, and Jim is just as generous and good to work with in a partnership like that as you would think he would be. I believe it. I love working for that man. That's
0: the only reason why we try to do feast as much as we do. Mm -hmm. Well, besides the fact that you kicked us out of the smoker, and we have some time. I don't
1: believe I kicked you out of the smoker. (laughs) Well, you technically never paid us, so technically we never worked for you. When do I write the checks for the smoker? Am I sitting around at the (laughs) end of festival with a big checkbook? Like, all right. Yeah, that was when they decided they wanted to have a budget for the smoker because they looked at the acts that I had in there. <laughs> you have every major state And they had never know. given me a budget, so I just asked everyone to come to the smoker. And at, at one point, we had nine acts performing at the smoker.
0: <laughs> and most of us didn't even get to perform. We just sat around... Watching,
1: (laughs) watching Neil. And it it became like the place to hang out at the end of the day because there was a great show going on. There was always extra chicken wings and beer. So it just it turned into this frat party at the outside, you know, at the end of festival away from all the stuff going on. And then they kind of caught on to the fact that this was happening. (laughs) (laughs) Who told management? I, they did not They did an <laughs> audit of castle kitchens, and, and that's when they were oh, like, hey, whoops. yeah, I remember being told, this is how much you spent, and this is how much you brought in, and I said, I didn't spend anything. You didn't give me a budget <laughs> and ask me to plan anything out. I just kept adding acts, and you never told me no. That's kind of how we but get away with the amount what, of fire that we have.
2: Isn't that how people want, I mean, that's what they want to see. They want to come out and be entertained. Yeah. They want to, yeah. and that's
1: what I thought. The well, body beer show. The body beer show now. Is that when they, was? Changed the Is they, they changed the name? They okay. changed the name in like two thousand fifteen, but they changed it again for this year. And of course, we're not there. Really? They finally took my advice and changed it to. Oh, did they actually hold on? I'm looking it up to make sure they did actually take change take my advice. Uh, tickets, tickets, daily events see everybody likes that song last call with Fitz and Pluto
0: there you go that is so much
1: better that is yep and that's what I said it should be called because it's the end of the day
2: but when you buy a ticket to that, you want to see some really good acts. You want to be able to see a variety of the festival since you're not out watching the last shows of the day. Right. I would assume they would want you to have a nice variety of entertainers there.
0: Well, honestly, if we operate from the if everybody at festival operates from that assumption of we're there for the festival and for the patrons, the festival will be amazing. Um, Mark, I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to come and talk to us and explain what we feel as Fondazi is a legacy at Minnesota Renaissance Festival. Um, Is there anything else that you're currently involved in besides the Blue Sun opening in Richfield that you want to mention while you have the audience?
1: Well, uh, Fitz and Pluto aren't performing at the 2020 festival. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, we thought about going out there and just filming ourselves walking around. So maybe we will. <laughs> uh, but believe it or not, uh, I, I'm the more likely to go do something like that person of the group. Neil won't go out there. It, we were We were trying to get a stage show for 2020. And then when April happened all negotiations, you know, pretty much ended for festival. But we're trying to, right. we still would like to do a stage show in 2021. We got this idea of uh, we're, we're going to be Romani's and we're going to play with fire. We're going to wear black outfits. And I even got, I even got a catchphrase. We're going to say, would you like to see a lot more fire? Hmm? <laughs> oh, mm? No. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Trademarked. Trademarked! <laughs> no, we, were, we we got two stage show ideas that we're pitching, uh, pitching to management right now, uh, and management doesn't like either one of them. So we'll we'll see. Uh, Seems like you're on the right I, track then. Well, we wanted to do we wanted to do see every stage show at the Renaissance Festival at one stage show, mm-hmm. and then we're literally going to get up and, and so make fun funny. of every single stage act at the Renaissance Festival.
2: I think that's a fabulous idea for the other stage shows. People come see us then.
1: The best part of that, that is we want to work at treetop. Okay. And it's not because we have like big egos that we want to fill a stage. Treetop has a trap door in it. Okay. Most people don't know that. And we have already written a bit where I physically throw Pluto off the back of the stage. (laughs) And then I'm stuck up there by myself. (laughs) And all you hear is him screaming. And then I got to turn around and the audience realizes that there's now a straight man on stage with no clown. <laughs> a straight man with no clown is the most boring thing in the world to watch happen in front of you. And then Neil pops up through the trap door covered in cobwebs and everything else and and whatnot. But that's... Uh, I can't remember where that was in it. But we we had written bits for every stage act at the Renaissance Festival. You, uh, the Fandazis are... Neil walks out with two torches, and I hit him with a CO two fire <laughs> extinguisher. Yep, yeah, I know where
0: I know where to get those.
1: <laughs> so, thank you
0: again, Mark, for all of your time. We're gonna we're gonna You're wrap welcome. this up because I know you have other things going on. But thanks so much. Uh, we will oh shit, put your contact information as far as Blue Sun uh, on in the in the show notes, so our patrons will know where to find you.
1: Cool. All right, I'm blowing kisses here, but you can't see any of it. <laughs> All
0: right, we'll talk to you later, offline.
1: All right, love you guys. Love, love you, you too. too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Man, that was really awesome for Mark to join us. It was great to hear how he got started at festival, how his characters has was developed and how it's progressed throughout the years and then you know for him to share those wonderful stories about some of his favorite memories that was just awesome
2: it really was it really took me um down a memory lane if you will yes he and I seem to be out there around the same time I started I think two three years after he did um it was really really nice to be able to go back to that time
0: yeah it really is One of the things that I miss the most is actually being on stage, being able to create that escape of reality that Mark was talking about. It's always been our goal in Fondazi, and we talk about this at every rehearsal, to create that 30-minute respite for for everybody, for the children, for the parents, for anybody who comes to our show. 30 minutes of time where you don't have to think about anything else except, is that guy actually going to light himself on fire?
2: (laughs) The answer is yes. Yes. The answer
0: is yes we do and frequently.
2: So we let ourselves on fire quite a bit which really gets us to appreciate fire safety and fire departments firefighters we know that if we ever did cause a very large fire that they would be the ones there to save our backs. Yep.
0: And wh- because of that we like to donate part of our proceeds Two local fire departments. We've done it in the past with the Shakopee Fire Department because they're the ones that are on call if we do anything wrong and cause a way more fire than we actually want. Um, but this year, since we're not performing, we are collecting money through Patreon not only to support us and be able to bring more fire back to you in 2021, but also we want to take some of those proceeds and donate to one of our local fire departments. Uh, so we're going to be putting up a survey with this podcast. To say which fire department we should donate to, uh, the survey is going to be located on our Facebook group, uh, wwwfacebookcom backslash bond Ossie Fire, I believe. Uh, we're going to name some that are near and dear to our own hearts, but if you have a specific fire department that you think we should donate to, we are open to suggestions as well. You can find us on patreon.com. And if you're looking for some amazing new merchandise that our producer, Teresa, has been working tirelessly to put out, visit us at www.fondazifire.com. Until next time, stay safe, everybody.